Welcome to Get Spiritually Fit with Evangelist Michaela Fate. In this show, I am going to help you to build strong spiritual muscles. We are going to get real and talk about real life situations that we go through, but how to not only go through, how to grow through. It's time to get spiritually, to get spiritually, to get spiritually, to get spiritually. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Get Spiritually Fit with Evangelist Michaela Fate. I am so excited about today's show, and I just thank you all for joining me for today's show. I have a very special guest that I'm just so excited about. I just know that this show is just going to bless so many people. So I'm excited for what God is going to do in this show. My guest on today's show is Apostle Fritz Musser. He is the senior pastor for my home church, Tabernacle International Church here in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Uh, he has been in ministry for over 40 years, which is just so incredible to say that. I think he started when he was two, everybody. So, I mean. Yeah, two or three. Two or three. Okay, give or take, give or take. Okay, so I'm just so excited that he's on the show today. Um, he has over 40 years of ministry experience. He covers Tabernacle International with his lovely wife, Pastor Lisa Musser, and she's going to be on the next show. So that's going to be exciting. Um, and we have, I just love our home church. We have such a diverse congregation of over 50 nations, which that's just what the body of Christ is all about to me. All of us coming together from different walks of life, different cultures, different backgrounds, and we're all serving one God with one purpose in mind, and that's just to bring him glory and do his will here on the earth. Amen? That's right. So I'm just so excited. We have such a diverse church, and I'm going to get into some things with Apostle because I believe that with all of Apostle's wisdom and insight that he's just going to bring such a refreshing to get spiritually fit because we are going to be talking about how setting healthy boundaries in relationships is so important. So Apostle, welcome to Get Spiritually Fit. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> good, good. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I'm glad to be on the show and I'm excited for you as well. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank right. you so much. So Apostle, now I'm going to get to some of your background, but let's go ahead and just invite the Holy Spirit in to just flow, and we're just going to have them take over the show. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we love you, O oh God, and we bless your holy and incomparable name. Father God, there is no God like you in all the earth. You are the one and true living God. Hallelujah. So we just magnify you, O oh God, and we just want this show to be everything that you would have it to be. So Holy Spirit, we invite you in to just take over our minds and our mouths. We just pray for a fresh anointing, oh God. Just saturate us in your presence. Help us to just breathe out a word that is going to breathe new life into everyone listening. And Father God, you know our relationships are so important. And you desire that we have 
better relationships, healthy relationships, godly relationships. And so I just ask that you will just help Apostle and I to just give people a word that's going to encourage them and empower them and give them tools to help them in the area of their relationships. In the mighty name of Jesus, I claim that it is so right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, Apostle. So you wrote a book. So I also want to mention that Apostle is an author. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Woo. All right. So Apostle is an author and you can find his book and he's talking about relationships and setting boundaries in relationships in his book, Who's in Your House? And you can find that on Amazon. And it's been about a year now since you wrote that book. That's right. And so we're, we at Tabernacle International, and I'm sure everybody who's read the book, we're so proud of you. We're so grateful for what God has placed inside of you for this book, because I mean, it's such a needed book. Everybody needs to know how to set proper boundaries in their relationships. Yeah, it's very important. It's a, it's a real critical element to the survival for one, because of all of the different dynamics of relationships. So I felt like it was timely. God actually gave it to me many, many years ago. And uh, through the basic principles, I had the ability to be able to practice the principles that are in the book for many years. So uh, I actually lived it out before I wrote the book. That's usually how it always goes. Mm -hmm. We go through the things that we go through. And usually from my experiences, and I believe probably from your experiences and most people's experiences, we go through these things and usually out of our pain and out of things that we learned and God has showed us and revealed to us, usually after the, the, the tests and the trials and the circumstances are over, then it's usually, it usually bursts and produces some type of ministry, some type of message, some type of word. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Because uh, just the experiences themselves, cause you to have to reevaluate yourself, your life, uh, your circumstances. And as you do that, you have to, of course, compare it with the word because everything has to line up with the word of God. Yeah. And so when you hit a, a tough place in, in relationships, as we're speaking here about the book, you have to get to the place where you line it up with you. You actually do what God's word says, you know, where it would be easy to do a lot of things, because of where you are emotionally, your emotions would say walk away, but God's word may tell you to, to stand in that situation. So you have to listen to what the word says, but sometimes the word takes us out of our feelings and emotions and comfort zones. Oh, yeah. yes, it does. Amen. Right. You know, it does, but it's, it's so necessary that we go beyond our feelings and our emotions and our comfort zones because when we leave those familiar areas of the natural, then we begin to transcend in the supernatural. And we begin to operate in God's blessing and we just see things unfold that otherwise we wouldn't have seen without that. Exactly. So I love the fact that you are talking about setting boundaries in relationships today. So I also want to say this because I love Apostle and I love Pastor Lisa and I love our home church. So 
we are a church that loves God and loves people. That's our motto. And so I am so thankful. I prayed about my home church. Thank you, Jesus, for delivering on it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> well, we love you too. We're blessed to have you in our church family and to be a part of a, such a great family. Yes. Amen. All right, Apostle. So why don't you give everyone some background on your life and ministry just to kind of give us a good idea for how this book kind of came about. Sure. Yeah. As it applies to uh, relationships, I've been in the ministry for uh, about 42 years and uh, served for a couple of years as a youth pastor and, you know, doing some youth work while I was in college. And then of course, going on into pastoral ministry in uh, when I was in seminary. So in what I realized is that relationships come in all shapes and sizes, that there are people that have uh, pure motives uh, when you first meet them and, and you get involved with them as far as ministry or you know fellowship or anything else is concerned. And then there are people that have impure motives and they don't realize it. Uh, because of what they're going through. I make a statement a lot of times that hurting people hurt people. So if people are hurting, it actually affects how they how they operate in a relationship. They may be super guarded or they, they also might be super needy. And all of us know, you know, what that's like to be around a guarded person or to be around a person that literally needs you all the time. To the point that if, if you don't return a phone call, they're mad at you. And so I started seeing the, the dynamic of relationships and how they work. And uh, I, I actually had a, a weakness uh, at that point and stage of ministry. And my weakness was I really wanted to please people. And so I was starting to realize that no matter what you do, no matter what efforts you make to please people, then you're going to get hurt. And when you're doing it out of that, you know, kind of agenda, then it hurts really tough. So I, I went through some really painful uh, experiences where people were in my life and I, I felt like they were close to me and uh, you know, they just walked out. There was no explanation. There was nothing to, to uh, point to, to say, this is the reason they walked out of your life. And uh, it was very painful because at that time, I thought relationships were for life, you know, if we're friends and we're friends forever, no matter what. But that's not really true. And it's not really the way all relationships work out. So it caused me to have to reevaluate things considerably. I actually had a pretty intense conversation with God. I talked to God about everything. Yes. And I had a conversation many conversations with him about, you know, well, first it started with questions, you know, Hey, what's going on? <laughs> Why is this happening to me? And then it started moving to God, you're going to have to show me because this is really tough and it's really hard to handle. So then God started opening it up for me. And the more he opened it up to me, the more I realized how important it is to, be able to set these boundaries in relationships to be able to walk them out properly to not allow so much pain to come into your life. If you are in control of the relationship, 
And what I mean by that is you're not controlling the relationship, but you are in control by setting the proper boundaries, then you, you don't set yourself up to get hurt as much because there's not as, as much at risk, uh, which I can explain a little bit more of that as we go in into it. But that's, that's one of the things that I realized that if you're going to be effective in ministry, if you're going to be effective in anything, uh, even leading people, whether it's management in, in a corporation or in a church, uh, you have to understand the dynamics of relationships because that's not going to change. People will be people no matter what. So yeah. you have good people, bad people, impure people, pure people, and you're going to experience the whole, the whole gambit of that type of thing. Absolutely. Wow. Well, you know, I, like you, I think just like everybody can think of situations and times in their life where you've trusted the wrong people and you thought that person would never hurt me. That person would never say that about me. That person would never do that to me. And guess what? They did it. Right. And you have to, just like you did, you had to navigate through that. But what I love that you did is you trusted God to navigate you through that because what we can begin to do, I believe apostle is that we can begin to see see our relationships and people through the eyes of hurt mm -hmm. and then what that can do is lead us to believe that everybody's out to get us right so what we do in christ and what you know you've done is you took your experiences like you said i always talk to god so you took your experiences to God and what we do when we do that. I'm, I've been talking about this for a while and I'm going to talk about it even more um, in, in the future. And I'll, and I'll tell you about that at a later date, but having the Holy Spirit and inviting the Holy Spirit in to govern our relationships and to govern how we handle things is absolutely crucial because if not, you are going to be emotionally led. Absolutely. I mean, you just are. And it's a natural tendency that we all have. So I, it's natural, but we have to, when we tap into the supernatural and we have those conversations like you had with God, then look what happens. He turns it all around right. to work for you. So now you have this amazing book that is going to help so many people because if you were apostle and I have to tell you guys something because Apostle cracks me up because sometimes, not a lot, but he talks about the spirit of slap. And <laughs> I thank God that you didn't just get the spirit of slap and go right. around slapping folks, you know? <laughs> right. Sometimes that's what your emotions tell you that you want to do, you know? Absolutely. So I thank God that you did not respond out of your emotions and get the spirit of slap that's and just nice. start backhanding everybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, that has grace. <laughs> Amen. And thank God for the times when you thought about it, but you didn't act on it. Right, right. right. So I want to kind of go into this a little bit deeper because sometimes we connect if we kind of have some examples. Now, of course, I'm not asking you to give names. That is not this type of show, but I'm asking you to just kind of talk about some, give some examples of some times when you know, you've trusted people in your life and you didn't set those boundaries and you were really hurt because of it. And just kind of talk about that. 
Yeah, let me let me actually begin with the 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 very uh, experience that I had that caused this uh, passion for me to pursue God for answers. I had what I would consider a best friend, and we he was somebody I could talk to. Uh, we were a, around the same age. Uh, he attended the church. He was uh, we were very close. We fellowship together we would you know we would take little trips together to men's conferences or you know things like that or he would ride with me uh to go somewhere if i was going to preach somewhere if my wife couldn't go and uh so we spent a lot of time and and as a result i bared my soul to him a lot about things in my life so what happened was that somebody i found out found this out later somebody was really uh, spending a lot of time uh, sharing things with him that were lies about me. And as he uh, began to believe those lies, he began to disconnect more and more from me. Now, I didn't realize what was happening. All I realized was that my friend is like disconnecting from me. And then the next thing I knew, he just kind of disappears, leaves the church. And, and, I'm, and I'm just, you know, my head's spinning, wondering what in the world happened. And so that drove me to to drive to my house that afternoon I, I laid on the bed and and i had that very very serious conversation with god now the beauty of this is god never leads us to something that he will not uh, lead us through it so uh, i realized that i was at a place that i couldn't go any further i was literally ready to walk out i said to god i'm done if this is the way ministry is i'm done you know, I'm, I'm just ready to walk away. And then I, you know, I started to calm down a little bit from it, but I was still upset enough to quit. But I said, God, you're going to have to show me, you're going to have to explain this to me, help me to understand it so that I can uh, be more effective in ministry because I can't go through this type of thing without understanding it. And, and here's the, the deal is, is that when you have the understanding of something, it may not change what happens to you, but when you walk in the understanding of it, you're actually dealing with it differently. And that's what the revelation of this book did for me. So I uh, was laying on the bed and I hadn't gone to sleep yet. And so it didn't come to me in a dream. And God began to give me the analogy that I use in the book. And so that was the key relationship that set it all up. I had had several before, and I've had many since. But the ones that I've had since that time, since God gave me the understanding, have not been damaging to me as far as ministry. They still hurt. They still affect you a little bit, but they never stop you. They never stop you from doing what God has called you to do. And please understand that I, at that stage of my life, I was willing I mean, I was completely willing to walk away. Yes. It was like, uh, you know, if this is the way it is, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't, I don't want to be a part of ministry. Yes. Well, that still has gone on. Those things still happen. Right. But now that God's given me the understanding, it's the beauty of uh, being able to function without so much collateral damage. And so when somebody gossips, about you somebody draws their own conclusions about what they think about you or yes. something like that and and they reject you or 
stab you in the back or talk about you in some way, many times emotionally we want to retaliate. Right. Uh, and that is so wrong. It is so wrong to try to, like, you know, with social media, I was uh, talking to a lady one time that uh, somebody had hurt her. And, and the first thing she said is, you wait till I get on Facebook. I'm going to trash that person. I'm going to tell some things that they're not going to, you know, really like. And, and I said, you really ought to think about that before you do that, because that's going to be damaging to a lot of people. And I was able to talk her out of it. But those are the kind of things we think about uh, because we're so emotionally pulled into this, this pain and this hurt and this rejection that we've experienced that we feel the need to to uh, defend ourselves or to act against it uh, to try to do something and if that's why you got to come back and you got to do the God thing you got and of course this book is what I feel like is a God answer to uh, problems like that that are not going to go away but they're going to change because your perspective on them has changed Wow. I mean, you said so much. Where do I even start with all of that? Um, what I do want to say is that when you seek God, you will receive a God answer. Right. So when God gave you a God answer, it was because you sought God. When you respond how God responds, you will get God results, Godly right. results. Yeah. And so what God did, and I want to encourage everybody out there who's been hurt because everybody's been hurt by somebody, but it's very important that we don't stay in that place. The person that, that hurt me, the person that hurt you, I'm sure today, I mean, I could see them now and hug them and love on them and, and say, God bless you. I love you. And I mean it in my heart. Sure. I think it's a whole thing when God that God wants to do in our relationships, that he wants to do in our heart and our mind is heal those places that have been hurt. And sometimes I think we can go through things and we can be hurt and we, we don't even know that we're still looking through that lens at other people. Right. We may not realize it. We may not, we may not feel that we are, but it's through that hurt that, that hasn't been dealt with sometimes. And so what I love about what you did is you sought God because that's the key to everything. Right. God has the answers. And then you waited on God. And we both know, Apostle, that is not the easiest thing to do. Right. Our natural reaction wants to respond. But there is a blessing in waiting on the Lord. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. So, yes, that is what we do in Christ is when we wait on him, there's a blessing in that. When we wait for God, I was taught this years ago, and this is something that I was taught from someone who is like my spiritual father. And it's something that I hold very, very, very valuable. It's, it's a treasure in my heart. Mm -hmm is you don't ever want to become a smiter. You don't ever want to just start calling down fire and brimstone on people's heads that have, you know, you don't, now Elijah did it, but we don't want to, we don't want to do that 
we want to do what Jesus tells us to do. We want to pray for our enemies. We want to love them. We want to show grace and kindness to them because what Apostle did, and I want everybody to be encouraged by this, what he did was he waited on God and he let God, you always wait for God to vindicate you. You always wait for God to speak because he always will turn it around. But sometimes it's a test for you. And sometimes it's just like you're in that moment. But what you did through that person who, who hurt you and just disconnected and was believing lies is you waited on God. And out of that, God has blessed you with this book that is blessing so many other people. So I want people to be encouraged when you set those boundaries, when you do it the godly way, you will receive those godly results. You'll receive that blessing on the other side. In the moment, of course, it's painful. People are talking about you want to defend yourself. You want to do what, what we do in our natural selves. But right. when you come back to, and you said you had to come back to God, because in our own mind, and our own emotions, we get taken away. I mean, we're already here and there. You, you already see yourself in front of the man going like, look, buddy. <laughs> you know? exactly. Yeah, let me tell you what I think. Let first. me yeah. tell you something. Right. You already see yourself there. And you're, you know, in our minds and our minds can just take on a whole nother life of its own. And we're, and we're outside really at that moment in our mind, we're outside of the will of God because we're thinking about doing things that are outside of the will of God. But when you do those things, your whole life takes on a whole different path. It's you, you are down a whole nother path and I believe you become a whole nother person. Yeah. Because you ultimately become like the person who has hurt you. Mm -hmm. And you don't ever want to do that. We always want to overcome evil with good. Mm -hmm. So you, you, what I love about what you did, Apostle, what I love about what this book talks about is you sought God, you waited on God, he gave you strategies. Right. And from there, I want somebody to be encouraged by this because when God gives you strategies, now you can go and you can bless other people. Now, Apostle, he has his book. It came through heartache. It came through pain. It came through trial and tribulation. But here you are today, still yeah. in ministry. Hallelujah. Amen. And loving it. <laughs> and loving it. Mm -hmm. Still, you know, having a, a blessed life. Right. And blessed relationships. And blessed relationships. Right. So you can't help somebody and you can't give somebody something that you don't have. So what God did for you is he poured into you something that is going to bless other people and feed other people. We're always fed to feed. Mm -hmm. So, you know, God gave you that. And that is just, I mean, that's just incredible. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to talk about boundaries or walls because sometimes people, it's hard to know the difference because you get hurt, you put walls up. Mm -hmm. So what is the difference between having a relationship with boundaries and not walling everybody out because of fear that somebody's going to hurt you? Sure. Yeah, the difference between boundaries and walls are, are drastic because, uh, first of all, walls um you don't you don't have a a clear visual of anything because there's a there's a wall there 
and with the wall, uh, walls are built, and I've seen this happen so many times with so many people, that the walls are built to keep people from getting in, but it ultimately keeps you from getting out. And yes. so now you're trapped in your own pain, and there's a big wall between you, your pain, and the relationships, and, and that's detrimental, and, and it won't produce anything. The boundaries are, uh, they give you a, a clear visual of the relationship. So you're actually gauging the depth of the relationship that you allow. And that's why I, I entitled the book, Who's in Your House? Because when I was laying on the bed that night, uh, God reminded me of times back then, and this it doesn't happen as much now, but back then a door-to-door -door salesman would come to the house and knock on the door and you'd answer the door and, and maybe he had Kirby vacuum cleaners or, or some cleaning product or something that he wanted to show you. And my dad would always stand at the door and he, would, he was always nice to the salesman. Uh, he seldom would let the salesman come into the house. There was a, an occasion that he did, and he ended up buying a vacuum cleaner because he let the salesman come in. But, but he would stand there at the door and talk. And what I realized at this stage of my life when God gave me this revelation is that that salesman could walk away from there and, and say to the neighbor next door, that man over there is really awesome. He's really nice. And he only had a, a three-minute conversation or a five-minute conversation with him. And he might hear his name mentioned on the street somewhere. And he'd say, oh, yeah, that, that's a great man. Well, he doesn't even know my dad. But, but that few minutes of my dad being kind to him on the front porch, uh, that man had enough information that he discerned that this was a good, a good guy. So God said to me, you have people that should remain on the front porch. They're, they're, you're going to laugh. You're going to tell jokes and have fun and enjoy life, but they're front porch friends. Wow. And they don't come into your life, into the personal areas of your life. Because you know what really makes the difference? It's kind of like a marriage. Uh, your spouse knows more about you than anybody because they're with you every day. And so they, they know enough about you, about your weaknesses and your little ticks that you have and so forth to, to, uh, to be able to say some things that could be damaging, you know, like if, you know, some, you got a snoring husband and you tell everybody, my husband snores and, you know, it's, it sort of paints a, a, a strange picture of the guy. And the next time you see him is you see this guy as being somebody that snores all the time. And so, but you can go much deeper than that and be much more painful in the things that you say based on what you know. And these are intimate friends that, that we allow into our life. So you go from the front porch to the foyer, which is where you invite them in the house, but you just stand there at the door. So you're still close to the door where if they say or do something, you can open the door and, and just show them out because that's your house. Right. And then there's the formal area of the house, like for, you know, you don't see too many formal living rooms anymore. So you have the formal dining room and the formal dining room. And when I was growing up, that's when you had the fine china and, 
and you had to sit right in the chair and my mom would light the candles on the table and we had to hold our pinky right when we drank from our teacup and those kind of things and it's a formal relationship but when you got back to the kitchen table oh the kitchen table was where you you had your basketball shorts on and your t-shirt and you sat there and you laughed and you told stories and you know you some you told intimate stories sometimes and you got to know each other a little better and then you move to the den and that's where you're reclining relaxed maybe you take your shoes off or something like that and they find out your feet stink you know, <laughs> or whatever the case is and then of course you have the final area which is the bedroom and that's reserved for intimacy and what god told me is you're letting people that should be on the front porch you're letting them not just into the formal area but you're letting them into the kitchen that's and right. even into the den before you're really testing the relationship out to see if it's worthy of that. And so the idea here is that you're in control. You're in control. And one of the things I make clear in the book is, uh, you know, if somebody else is reading the book and they come up to you and they go, hey, I'm a, I'm, I'm a front porch friend to you. Why, why aren't I a little closer? You don't tell them anything because this is where you stand. You can still have good, solid, deep, viable, effective, godly, uh, impacting the kingdom of God relationships that are all front porch. Yes. They don't have to be intimate relationships to be effective relationships. But the intimate relationships are have a deeper kingdom value to them. They're prayer partners. And of course, your ultimate intimate friend should be your spouse if you're married. Amen. And at the most you might have a same sex friend, an intimate friend that you share your heart with, but you don't need three of them. You don't need five of them. It's okay just to have two intimate friends, one being your spouse and the other same sex. So when you have the intimate friend, it takes on a dynamic. I can talk to my wife about anything. She can talk to me about anything. And what she talks to me and I talk to her about, we, we love each other enough not to use it against them. So you don't use it against each other. And this is one of the things that happens when we allow people to move quickly into our life is they take intimate information and they'll use that information against you. And of course, they're making up their own mind what they think some of those things mean and why you said that and why you did that and everything else. And so they're taking information and they're using it as a weapon to hurt you. And that's where it's tough. So right. when you gauge the relationship and you say to yourself, that person is a front porch friend, then you're careful what you say and, and you don't bear your soul to them. It, when they come into the formal area of your life, they don't hear you uh, downcast uh, saying, oh, I've had a tough day and, you know, I'm mad at, at so-and-so because of something they did or said, or I just got blasted on Facebook and I'm hurting or whatever. They don't hear stuff like that because you don't share things like that in a formal relationship. And, and you don't share those except to intimate friends if you need to share them at all. And so that's why you gauge the relationship. So the key here is if I'm in charge of the relationship, 
and you're a front porch friend or a formal friend, then if you get wobbly, and people will. Oh, yeah. If you yeah, start do. acting weird, <laughs> it's easy for me to get you out the front door because you're closer to it. You're only in the formal area of my life. But if you've got them in your bedroom and you're sharing intimate things with them and they get wobbly, it's really a lot tougher to yeah. get them out of your life. And so there's a, there's a real powerful dynamic that is at play there. You can still do it, but that's why that's one of the beauties of this is that is that it's okay to risk in relationships because you're in control of the relationship. So let me just say this, you know, and, and then if you want to ask me another question, you can, but but to be in control of the relationship and to have lots and lots and lots of front porch and formal friends is beautiful. And it and it can can produce a beautiful life. You can do things for each other and, and you know, give to each other and so forth and fellowship. But the risk factor when it comes to uh, hurt and pain and people using things against you and so forth is much less because they're, they're, they're in a formal area. So if somebody is in the formal area of my life and comes up to me and says, you know what? I hate your guts. Uh, I think you're a terrible person. And, uh, and they say a few things, you know, and I don't, I don't like you anymore. Wow. And to me, it's going to be like, sorry, <laughs> you know, I, I don't feel the need to retaliate. I don't feel the need to take on revenge. I don't feel the need to defend myself. I don't feel the need to put them down. Right. I just, I can say, I'm sorry that you feel the way you feel. And if they walk out the front door, there hasn't been a, a lot of loss as far as emotional pain for me because I gauged that relationship appropriately. Absolutely. See how, how powerful that is? It is. So when we do that, then it doesn't hurt as bad. That's divorce. Uh, uh, when people go through divorce, some of the, and the research has proven this, some of the pain that divorce causes people, and that's the result of an intimate relationship. Yes. So some of the pain that a divorce causes people is the same level of grief as death. Mm, wow. so when a person goes through a divorce and a person leaves their life, the pain, the emotional pain that they feel is equal to what they would feel if somebody died. And so that just goes to show you how intimate relationships that go bad have a profound impact on you. Now, God is God. God is a healer and, and he can heal us of anything and deliver us of anything. But at the same time, he also wants to give us wisdom so he can he can heal us of cancer, too. But he wants us to be wise about what we eat and about not you know, smoking or drinking or that kind of, or doing drugs or that kind of thing that could just open up our body to attack. But even if that happened, God is still a God of grace Amen. and he can be a healer to us, but it's much better to just walk in wisdom to avoid a lot of things like that. And it's true with relationships as well. Wow. That's just so powerful, Apostle, what you said. And it's going to help so many people because I mean, boundaries are so important and you've given some, 
some words of wisdom and some insight to really help people understand visually. I'm a visual person. You're probably a visual person too, right? Yep. So to, to have that, that vision of a house and a porch and a foyer and, and a den and a bedroom, I mean, it's really going to help people to understand, well, where, where is this person in my life and should they be there? That's why I really want to strongly encourage everybody to ask the Holy Spirit to come in to help govern your relationships because the Holy Spirit will give you the wisdom and the insight and the understanding to properly place people in your life. Because before your book, and it's just such, it's such an incredible book, but before your book, God had showed me that through trial and error, through, you know, just going through the school of life, right. um, you know, and being hurt and going like, why, why did that happen to me? You know, I was nice to that person. Why this and why that? And you go to God and you pray and, and God is showing you things. But when I believe that this is confirmation for us, you know, some people, this word that you're bringing today, because it's going to help people to understand God wants to help us in our relationships. And I believe, I remember talking to my co-speaker from my conference and I was telling her, I said, I think that there are levels to deliverance. And she was, we were talking about friendships and she said something so good. And she said, I think that there are also levels to friendships. I think that friendships, there are levels to friendships. Absolutely. And sometimes we, and I've totally done this, where we've catapulted a person up to like best friend status. And it's like, wait a second. You know, because you start to, all of our relationships, even our marriages, everything is tested. Everything gets mm -hmm. tested. And so when God is showing us things and he's revealing to us things, sometimes I've, I've discovered that God was also showing me something about me. Sure. What is making me susceptible to this and also healing me so that I become a better friend? Because I believe to be a good friend or to have good friends, you also need to be a good friend. Absolutely. So you've also put demands on, on you and people will try to require more out of you than you're willing to give. Uh, they may require more of your time. And so if you have an understanding of it, then you're okay with not giving them everything they ask for to be available 24 seven to, to jump and run whenever they need you. And, and that kind of all the time. Yeah. yeah. All of that, all of that is so true. I want to talk about mental boundaries because i think that it's very important in relationships and boundaries in all areas that we are careful about where we're letting our mind go mm -hmm. we have to be very careful because everything is going to start in the mind and then we're going to you know and then it's going to produce the the behavior in our life but i think that it's very important that we also have a boundary in our mind and so i what i want everybody to think about as apostles on the show talking about healthy boundaries something that i've learned is like our mind being like a threshold and you know there's a door there and you either are inviting the thought in or you're rejecting the thought at the door so it's very important that we are not just allowing our minds to just 
go wherever our mind wants to go because our minds can take us into some wild places where we start to believe that something has happened that it has i mean there's so much that can happen there so we we want to be very careful in our in our minds with our mental boundaries there's a threshold there a door there if it's a godly thought come on in hallelujah thank you jesus if it is not a godly thought absolutely not i'm rejecting you at the door this is there's no entrance there's no room for you up in here come on apostle what you think well uh, that's that's a very powerful principle and when i when i uh teach my school of ministry class one of the examples i give is somebody that in their mind has a spirit of what i call a spirit of rejection and so i give an example and this example will ring clear with a lot of people that are listening to this because a person that has allowed rejection into their mind and they struggle with that rejection, then uh, let's say, for example, there's a, a guy in the church and, uh, and I have a spirit of rejection. And so I, the, the spirit of rejection will always test relationships. It will constantly test the relationship. So I uh, text him and he doesn't text me back. I call him and he doesn't call me back. The next time I call him, I go, why didn't you call me? I called you yesterday. Why didn't you call me? So now please notice that in my mind, I've allowed a spirit of rejection to say he doesn't like me. He doesn't want to be my friend. He doesn't want to answer my text. What's wrong with me? So the spirit of rejection starts working. So I keep doing that. And this guy's like, you know, what's going on here? What's, you know, what's, and I'm, I'm like, well, I text you and, you know, I, I wanted to have breakfast with you the other day and, and you didn't call me back. And then he starts to uh, decide, oh, this guy's kind of weird. He's putting a demand on me. And so what does he do? He disconnects from me. And in my mind, what has he done? He's rejected me. And so the spirit of rejection actually created rejection. So a lot of people don't have friends because their thought processes in their mind have allowed them to act and be in such a way that people don't want to be around them. Yes. And, and because of that spirit of rejection. And so here's another little side note to that. As Christians, we need to recognize that in people and not reject them. We need to love them where they are. That's right. So there have been times I've said to people in, you know, more drastic circumstances where I've said, look, you need to understand something. I'm going to love you no matter what. Amen. Uh, you do whatever you want to do. Get mad at me, whatever you want, but I'm going to love you. I'm going to be your friend. I'm going to be here for you. Amen. And you have to tell them that because you're speaking through that spirit of rejection. So that's exactly what the mind will do. When we allow the wrong thoughts uh, to enter into our mind and to play out, it'll actually play out in our life and in our relationships. It'll play out in our marriage. It'll play out in our uh, how we raise our children. It'll play out in our work environment, classroom, and so forth. Amen. You know what? I really want to encourage everyone because... They're very powerful. 
It's, I mean, it's just so incredible what you've said and what you've brought to the show because, and I want to really encourage everybody because so many people suffer from the spirit of rejection. And I know I was personally delivered from the spirit of rejection. And can I tell you, being someone who has been delivered from the spirit of rejection, what I have to do, because our flesh always wants to rise up. We always want to, you know, we start, our mind can start to go there. So it's not that it's not going to happen. It's that you take control of it. And when you take control of it, by doing that, you come back to, as Apostle said, you come back to your center, you come back to God, and you have to focus and believe truth. Right. And choose not to believe the thoughts in your head or whatever's going on that's making you feel that way. Then I want to encourage everybody in setting your boundaries, to me, uh, boundaries are like setting priorities in your life. Mm -hmm. It's like prioritizing your life. And by doing that, you don't want to overextend yourself. Sometimes in relationships, like you were saying, you can overextend yourself thinking that you have to do this or you have to do that or people are going to be mad at me or they're not going to like me or whatever the case may be. So we don't want to do that. But what we do want to do is we want to invest, and I'm encouraging everybody as the apostle is here talking about this, invest in, in a deeper intimate relationship with God. Because when you do that, that foundation is going to help you in every relationship that you have. Because now your, your, your foundation is set in something that is not unstable. Right. So you never want to set the foundation on people. You always want to set the foundation on God. And from there, the Holy Spirit will navigate you in your relationships to set these proper boundaries. What do you and think? That, yeah, that's the key. The key is, is that you have strategies and strategies are needed whenever you're walking blindly sort of through life and the Holy Spirit orders your steps, guides you. Not only is the Holy Spirit leading you in the right path, but the Holy Spirit is protecting you on that path. So it's not an, uh, an assurance that you're not going to have problems because you're, you are, but you're in the will of God. You're in the purpose of God and the Holy Spirit is with you. So that's, that's to me, the beauty of all of this. It's why it just all fits together so well is that when you do what God says, then God blesses it. And when bad things happen, it's okay because God is with me in this. And he told me to do this. He, you know, and then you don't have to question yourself. You don't have to go around going, should I have taken this job? Should I have married this person? Should I have done this or that? You don't have to question it. You did what God told you to do. And if he hadn't released you, then don't do it. You know, if God hasn't released you to do something, just don't do it. Yes. You know what? That's so good. So what I want everyone to do is I want everybody to get a copy of who's in your house to set these healthy boundaries in relationships, because it's really going to help us not only in our relationships, but in our marriages, it's going to help us in the area of our finances. I mean, there has to be boundaries in our life, even emotional boundaries, you know? So we could go on and on about this because this is just such a powerful subject. But I wanna thank you for joining me on Get Spiritually Fit. This has been an incredible and powerful show. And I believe that the insight and the wisdom that everybody's gonna be able to glean and gain is going to go far beyond 
just even their relationships. So Apostle, we have you to thank for that. And so God bless you and thank you. Praise God. God bless you and, and all of your endeavors as well. And you keep doing what you're doing. All right, everyone. I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.